Shut up, I love it. Sasha, I had a question for you. Now that we're we're partners, that's right. This, right? Mm-hmm. Would you like to swing on a star? Sure. Only if we do it together. And can maybe carry moonbeams home in a jar. Yeah. Yeah. All of that. And be better off than you are. Shut up! I love it. I am Joe Cabello. <laughs> and I'm Sasha Filer. And this is Shut Up. I love it. A podcast where we invite a special guest, maybe a returning guest, who knows, to talk about something that's dear to them, but is not dear to the rest of the world. Quite the opposite. Maybe the world hates it. I don't know. Maybe they don't get it. We'll find out. Joining us today, she's a totter comedian with nine years of experience doing improv, sketch, and stand-up. Chad GPT describes her style. <laughs> as a clever blend of cultural satire, absurdity, and unexpected twists of lemon. Welcome back, Renata Scheidt. I love it. Thank you. Hello, hello. Welcome. Welcome. And so the intro, we usually do an intro. <laughs> mm-hmm. Would you, are, is anyone impressed that 10 seconds before we started, I remembered I don't have an intro? And really? But you knew the song? I quickly Googled Hudson Hawk song. <laughs> okay, you gave away uh, the yeah. topic. Oh, yeah, I gave it away. Not yeah. the convention of podcasts. But I Googled that and then got the song, and then I pulled that out of my rear. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm impressed. Renata? Yeah, that was great. I was actually, that song had stuck in my head. So that's like, it is an earworm. So if you do play yeah. it in a podcast, I you don't know if you're going to guys play it, but it's just, ah, uh, it's mm-hmm. awesome. We mm. might just might have to do that. But uh, on, that. on that, what the heck are you here to talk about? I'm here to talk about an award-winning movie Oof. that is um, kind of like... Um, in the world of French fries, this one is a deep fried Oreo. <laughs> um, I don't know how to describe it. It's like an action movie meets Buster Kitten meets Monty Python meets Darkwing Duck. You know, it's absolutely bonkers. Incredible. Yeah. And it's called Hudson Hawk. Hudson Hawk, 1991. Yeah. The Bruce Willis vehicle post die hard mm-hmm. and you know it was uh, funny about his career i mean uh, god bless him he's not doing well now yeah, yeah. and we can uh, respect his career but my wife was watching it with me we'll get into that as well oh. but she was like oh it's it's crazy to see him do this comedy role and i had to t- tell her like he started out being a goofy comedy guy he kind of became the Die yeah. Hard and then uh, onward into kind of more of these gruff roles later. But that was his thing, even to the point where they were like, I don't think this guy should be in Die Hard. He's too funny. Mm-hmm. 
you know that what there were objections about being him being in yeah be, because he was too fun he was like oh that's just a comedy sitcom guy right because of moonlighting right like it's all right. started with moonlighting which is as far as i remember it renata back in my growing up in siberia days it was a really fun show like mm -hmm. for at least first couple of seasons it was really fun yeah, yeah. and then yeah, i guess it no longer was because because Sybil <laughs> Shepherd, who was his co-star, she had twins. How dare people have children? And she like was not available anymore. So they had to shoot all her scenes separate from his. Like she could only be available like here and there. And the moment that chemistry was gone, moonlighting was done. Like it like lost all the ratings, had to get canceled. But then Die Hard happened, and then of course the you know, the very Hudson. Hawk the BW. Yeah. The, the Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, but we're here to talk about Hudson Hawk, not just Mr. Willis. Um, so, yeah, this movie, when was the first time you saw it? Well, I actually, I talked, I guess I mentioned this to Sasha. I saw it first back when I was in Russia. It was, I don't know exactly what it was, but it was before 1996. Um, uh, so I saw it in Russia and I saw it in Russian dub, which is just, oh my God. It's in the nineties. It was insane. In the nineties. It's such an experience. I actually got a little clip for you guys to Please. hear. I don't know if you, I'm going to take I, off my head. Uh -huh. Yeah. I think zoom should be able to record it. So I'd love to hear this yeah, dubbing experience. Okay. So imagine Bruce Willis, who we know his cadence. And then of course. I can't even tell what that, they're saying. That sounded like, language. that sounded just like <laughs> a war transmission. Like, like we, we walked into a bunker and that's just coming out of the... <laughs> but anyways it was kind of hard to understand it was like this strong nasal voice over whatever the characters like a pretty girl and an old guy talking and it's just like this monotone voice mm -hmm. zoom, 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 yeah this was one guy doing all the voices right Back yes then. yeah like and the he only guy mm -hmm. it's just so crazy and i think it really added to experience because um it made the already crazy movie even crazier right mm -hmm. And um, again, the part of the experience for me was like my dad introduced it to me, you know, um, and it was like, oh, you know, America, the Wonderland. And then it was yeah. it, it started with like such a sweet story, like never ending story kind of uh -huh. intro. <laughs> yes. So we were like, oh, <laughs> I'm in for a treat. It's a fairy tale. And then this crazy <laughs> thing happens, you know, it's an hug. It's um, so true because uh, when I was I was like telling my wife, hey, do you want to watch this movie with me? It's like a Bruce Willis comedy. And we tried to watch the trailer on Amazon Prime, I think. And the trailer on there is just a scene from the movie. Mm. Like, you know, when they do that, they like may they don't even get the trailer. But it was the worst scene, like just the most boring section Which of the scene movie. was that? I don't even remember. It was like just mm -hmm. two people talking. Talking. Yeah. Like, and that was it. And she's like, I don't know. And then In I the movie where a lot of things happen. Yeah. Like it's, it That's has things happening. 
So then I put it on and it starts with Da Vinci and stuff. And then I could, I just look over and she's so keyed in. I was like, I know this isn't what the movie is. So I wonder what the hell is happening. It starts so crazy. Yeah. So tell us, Renata, a little bit for those who haven't seen, um, those listeners who haven't seen Hudson Hawk, how does it start and what then is, does it become? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is again, this is just such a crazy salad of genres. It starts as like, oh, this narrator talks about, ooh, long time ago, there was Leonardo <laughs> da Vinci. And then, so we, we are in the world of um, Renaissance. And then it talks about da Vinci inventing the machine that turns lead into gold and um, mm-hmm. He also invents this flying machine that looks like a hawk. And that's how we cut Uh to present day Sing (laughs) Sing Sang, the the famous prison, um, where Bruce Willis just got out after 10 days, uh, 10 days, 10 years. It feels like 10 days because his attitude is so nonchalant. Yeah, it's actually a good point. Yeah, he he doesn't seem to have like been roughened up by prison at all. He's very smooth, very Bruce Willis-y. Yeah, he's just like, I don't know what Nintendo is anymore or at all. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that is kind of uh, one of the big minuses of the or maybe pluses of the movie because it's like oh he seems so unemotional about the prison it seems like oh he first thing he wants to do after he's out he wants to get a cappuccino Mm. he doesn't want to sleep with a girl doesn't want to meet Mm -hmm. really with anybody he just wants a cup of coffee it's like how bad was that prison (laughs) it's like or how bad were the women he'd been with before (laughs) yeah it's just like so he get I don't know he gets out and then oh man it just keeps apparently there was like uh, okay <laughs> I'm sorry there's just so much going on in the in yeah. the movie I don't even know where there to is go. And the the crazy thing is when the movie actually starts is really late in the movie and so much happens before then so you yeah. basically have a whole like heist and hijinks twice and then they're like all that was for nothing it was for you to do the real job <laughs> like what right there's definitely a, like a false start to the movie well it sounds like a couple right a couple yeah of like starts. two of them yeah. two mm-hmm. missions that he gets that then they're like those were just tests for you to do the real mission and you're like how crazy is the real mission if that was that was the yeah. test <laughs> yeah i feel it was also so funny that he does too high and then on third, they don't even need him. They're like, oh, we just uh, we hijacked the third piece of the puzzle ourselves. We didn't need you, but we killed a bunch of people in Louvre. So it's like it's off screen. It all happens yeah. pretty much off screen. And yeah, again, it's like when I started watching it with my like writer eyes, you'd be like, uh-huh. oh, the stakes are so low. He doesn't yeah. seem upset. There's like. His gamut of emotions uh, is like from smirk to, yes, not even upset, concerned. It's like these are two emotions Bruce Willis has. He's so charming. He's just uh, so charming. I mean, uh, yeah, I hate to say it, like that's like where the movie is at. Is I feel like it's his charm, <laughs> and he can pull it off because the character, like you're saying, like the stakes are low, 
And then the character doesn't really have a goal except for the running gag of wanting a cappuccino, which is not really enough to get you through. <laughs> yeah, his <laughs> goal is just like, minutes. let me get through this. That's just, that's yeah. his only goal is like, I don't want to do this and I have to, and so I am. Before we get too deep into it, I want to ask what category of shut up I love it you think it belongs into, Renata. Obviously, you love it, but what have you seen? Uh, yeah, I feel like it's definitely misunderstood, a movie uh, that people don't like because they, like, um, I read the reviews and they were like, well, the, even that famous critic, Robert Ebert or whatever his name is, yeah. uh, he was like, oh, people are falling off the tall buildings and land right into the chair where they talk to mafioso or like have dinner it's like what kind of movie is that well yeah it's not supposed to be like that's kind of a beauty of the movie right yeah it's not deep it's not deep at all there's a no, cartoon like, it is very cartoonish monty python-ish it's not even as smart as monty python it's really dumb it's just yeah. you know and i feel that's the beauty of it again because instead of you know, it's not one of those movies that you're like, oh, you watch a hundred of them and they all look the same because that's kind of what Hollywood produces right now. Yeah. But here you just you cannot take your eyes off because you're like, I'm afraid I'll miss what happens. <laughs> it, something always happens. It's like a slapstick. It's like Buster Kitten movie. You know, it's like the gags, the choreography of the fights, the characters are outrageous. The plot is insane, and you're like, I really, you will turn. You cannot go get popcorn while that movie's on just because you will miss something. It yeah. does move. It certainly moves. Uh, sure. So I mean, oh, yeah, me. Um, so if have I been familiar with this movie prior to? That's not what I was going to ask. No, okay. I'm kidding. It is what yeah. I was going to ask. She knows me too well. <laughs> I know you too well after 200 plus. Episodes. It's not yeah, the show um, she knows well. It's me. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I wasn't familiar. I was. I, I guess I heard Hudson Hawk as the title, title, but I've never heard of it slash saw it. What about you, Joe? Uh, never seen it, but it's been on my radar as one of those like Bruce Willis movies you got to watch. Um, especially like I'll listen to a lot of cult movie podcasts and they'll talk about this or reference mm. it and i always skip the episodes where they talk in depth about it because i'm like okay i want to see that save it um so i never saw it so this opportunity to see it i was like okay i finally need to fill this hole so i'm really excited for your misunderstood categorization because i do feel like it could go in the forgotten or unknown category a bit but i think misunderstood might be a more interesting and true angle because you do hear like movie people talk about it kind of like oh yeah you got to see that one type of thing and also i i feel like it's not just um applied to our present day when you say misunderstood you kind of talking for like eternity like it was misunderstood when it eternity came out. you're talking eternity. eternity when like it will never be understood i doubt like it will be more understood than it's understood now and when it came out it certainly wasn't understood because it was a huge flop like one of like they bring it up and i think roger ebert or maybe somebody else i don't know but they bring it up a few different um sources bring it up as top three like worst action movies of the 90s and like it's like a star and then the second one and then this one so uh 
people had a lot of hate for it. I'd call it an adventure movie more than an action movie. But people were calling, again, I think Renata is probably right with mixing, saying that it's a mixed bag of different genre, uh, genres. But uh, people been trying to force it into like a comedy, um, comedy action or like action spoof. But I feel like even that doesn't cover. Yeah, I don't think everything. it's spoof. Yeah. Um, and Renata, so you saw it originally in the dub. Yep, yep. Uh, when was the first time you saw it in the English language? Uh, probably a couple months ago. So Ooh. actually fairly recently. <laughs> Whoa! Fresh. Fresh. That, that's massive. How yeah, did that change it? Um, well, it was, you know, um, I feel in a way the original dub was better. And so, the <laughs> thing is, they have so many puns, and some of these puns are just so cringy. Um, yeah, yeah. And a Russian dub was actually nice in a way that they didn't translate those puns. Um, so they did a service kind of on one hand. On another hand, um, there are some, if there, is a, the, there are a lot of wordplays, you know, wordplays. Uh, mm-hmm. that are lost in translation and some of the puns are not that bad and it's like yeah so definitely it was different to watch it in english first of all and then um i guess what else about the second uh, like watching it as adult i guess was it nostalgic uh, for you at all or was it like yeah. i am actually in america seeing that america is not how they told me it is because mm-hmm. a lot of it's... Coming to America for me was like, oh, it doesn't look like it looks in the movies at all. Well, that's the one thing I wouldn't say Hudson Hawk is a good example, of, an exciting example of America. Like, in total, it's showing the prison corruption in America and corruption But it's like laws. fun, right? It's good vibes, though. Yeah, it is good vibes. People dying, but... but... Hey. And a lot of it takes place not in America, too, so there's that. True. But I can see how you would see the glitz and glamour, certainly. I also feel like, you know, um, being so jaded, watching movies as an adult, it was one of the rare movies that I actually laughed, you know, audibly laughed. Because especially as being in comedy, you're just like, oh, that's clever, that's funny, but you don't laugh. But like that gurney... um, Chase, it was just so Mm -hmm. ridiculous. You're like, oh my god. And then he's he throws a cigarette says, ew, mental. <laughs> it was just so funny to me. Or like, where then there's a little girl who beats a soft toy mm-hmm. uh, and then her American mom says, you're embarrassing your country or something like that. I'm like, this is so <laughs> dumb. There's, there are quite a few moments that made me audibly laugh because it was so unexpected as kind of out of the blue yet. Um, it's very creative. It's very creative. That's... I mean, you mentioned being a comedian, and um, I know you do a lot of different things, but one of the things you do is clown, right? And mm-hmm. we've had people who are uh, clowns, uh, among other things, uh, come on the podcast and talk about even clown is one of the topics. But um, would you say that this movie is a great reflection and example of, in general, sensibility of clown? <laughs> yeah, it's dumb. It's so dumb. Because, you know, they they... Bruce Willis says he laughed a lot while filming that movie. They were having a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So they were clowns, and then there were adults 
who were like, okay, let's make sense of this screenplay. Because, you know, if you read the trivia, you know. So Bruce Willis and his buddy came up with a song. And it's based on a song. And the guy he co-wrote the song with is the guy who produced Little Mermaid theme. Under the sea. Da, da, da. Oh, wow. It's, it's so, a song that I occasionally sing, like at my house. Yeah. I mean, how crazy it is. They're like, oh, we're going to write a song and then we're going to make that song into a movie. Yeah, we can do it. It's like, that's clown. That's clown. And it's also the ridiculousness, the absurdity of it and the... Uh, kind of following the fun and trying to please sort of whatever is happening in the moment as opposed to following certain premeditated, uh, I can't say, it, uh, logic yeah. um, and just kind of gags all around. Um, that's, that's, that's interesting. Although, you know, as much as you're saying that uh, Bruce Willis had a lot of fun with his best friend having, you know, writing the script, um, there's also this, you know, gossip about um his uh bruce bruce running kind of down michael lehman who was the director mm -hmm. who came fresh off heather's famous and beloved indie movie and so that was his like big hollywood moment to be like i'm gonna make the bruce willis movie and bruce Will willis apparently is very known for like back in the day um mm -hmm. like many stars like big stars like oh if you're not like if if you show me weakness as a director, I'm gonna make this my oh. show and not yours. I'm not gonna listen to what you say. So apparently he took over from Michael Lehman and like pushed him to the corner, and it became like this is what Bruce Willis made. This is like the movie that Bruce Willis built, you know, uh -huh. not not Michael uh -huh. Lehman, which I thought was interesting that there was all this conflict behind the scene. And then I watched Bruce Willis and I'm like, he is so charming and cool. And I can never imagine him being mean to anybody. It's you, you weren't there. So you don't know, like was Michael Lehman just not it. And Bruce Willis did the right thing versus just like being like, okay, we'll let this shit show go. Cause he cared about it. Or was he, you know, big dogging too much. But this is why I advocate for getting buff. If Michael Lehman was buff, that never would have happened to him. Is he not buff? I assume not if uh, if Willis ran over him like that. <laughs> it just doesn't you happen to buff guys. There you go. It's it's all about buffing it up. Tell it to Chad. Exactly. Chad. They wouldn't do that yeah. to Chad. He's buff. <laughs> uh, but, but the one... Okay, there was a some weird stuff in this movie and nothing weirder that. than one clip that uh i even had to play it three times while watching and even my wife was like you need to record that this is insane we had to pause the movie and stop it did you talk record about how is that the one you sent me yeah okay please absolutely insane scene so the bad guys who are named after candy bars which i love <laughs> are waiting outside and like staking out Bruce Willis talking to um, Andy, McDowell? Andy McDowell. Yeah. And they're like, they know that they're meeting and they're getting impatient. It cuts to them. And it's like, what are they doing in there? One of the guys says, and then Butterfinger, the dumb guy says, the big dumb guy. Do you want me to rape him? Yeah. His, his <laughs> first suggestion <laughs> is that, he isn't like, do you want me to go check on him or like, should, me to should punch we the go? guy in the face? <laughs> yeah. 
He's like, no, do you want me to rape, rape both of them? One of whom is working with us. Like, I'm pretty sure Andy McDowell at that point is working with them. And he's like, yeah, do you want me to just go in there and just do that to whoever's in the room? It that's, that's a it's very insane. cringy moment. It's, it's insane. I don't it's know. It's beyond cringe. I don't know the thought process in <laughs> writing that character even in this movie. That belongs in a movie like that is about awful people where like, okay, you're like a, a Takashi Miike like movie. Yeah, like Takashi that would be in a Takashi Miike movie where the character is just such a an evil creep that he's like says yeah. that but this movie plays it for laughs and i was like i can't believe this is happening i didn't think i had it right i had to put subtitles on when i i, I thought the video. you were when you sent it to me i did not look at the subtitles right away so i thought you were like voicing them and like that there's a joke <laughs> so, like you know what i mean like i had to that's how like, weird the the, the brain was, was right? refusing refusing what I was seeing right in front of me. No comprendo until until I finally was like, no, there's a subtitle there that says that. Rape him. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Uh, so that, no Uneven? judgment on the movie, but yeah, Uneven. Uh, pretty insane. <laughs> I, I would watch an hour and a half long documentary just about that scene in the movie. Like just yeah. interviews from all parties involved. I would watch that. The gaffer, the electrician. Yeah, where he's like, I don't really remember that <laughs> job that much, but I do remember that day. <laughs> and they had opportunity to cut stuff. You know, they had to cut stuff yeah. for time. Stuff but did get to... cut, right? Like it must have. <laughs> but they kept. Uh, they, it. The movie would still have worked if that line was cut. Like it was literally yeah. would have been the same movie. Like not like there was never be like oh there should be a line here, but they decided to go with it. And they just who wanted knows the... if there was an audience testing audience. We don't know. They, they or was the audience like laughing at that, like at that time or something? Which well, I mean uh, we're laughing about it, right? So right. but we're laughing and... about it in the ironic way. I wonder if it was always meant to be ironic in that way, but I even don't think it's good to, to be that ironic right like, I, I think know. just being shocked is the only way to be about it which we are i i yeah yeah, yeah. I, I had booked extra <laughs> sessions with my therapist just to talk about this um yeah i wonder how the dub uh, dealt with that line I'd, yeah do you I'm remember curious. the dub remember. no but now i should rewatch it actually i want to know what did. Yeah, we'd love yeah. to know what the dub does say there. I bet it was softer and less yeah. offensive. Yeah, um, they were like, I'm not saying that. <laughs> What's going on here? Well, that guy, from what I understand, Renata, tell me if I'm wrong, but like that guy, he was just sitting there and like live translating all the movies. That I were think happening. so. I'm pretty yeah, sure. In the 90s, because <laughs> a lot of it, like the cadence would be wrong. Like he would catch up, Joe. Like he'd be like watching like Alien or The Thing. And he like, he would catch up and then he's like, because he was like translating one line he's fast but then like he would translate one long line and there's like a couple of more lines happen so you just drop them and just keep going yeah that's crazy i mean they i hope yeah. they paid him well they did oh he was the only guy working so i'm assuming he did well yeah <laughs> do you know do you want to know what happened to him i should probably look it up yeah because that's legendary that is legendary um andy mcdowell i just want to say a couple of words i know she's like this like there's a word in Russian, Renata. I don't know how you think about it, like as an actor, with the way she looks. She's parodist there. Like she has this like 
like high quality like she's like her breed is higher than other humans you know what i mean like it's the hair it's the skin it's everything but i could never like her i don't know why like andy mcdowell to me like she's like a statue i could i'm, I'm like why was she like the hottest item of early mm -hmm. 90s i just could never understand but she you know she did a decent job i just wanted to bring it up because she just still to talk looks shit. exact well she looks exact same like she looks as beautiful as she ever did exact same hair same skin like same eyes like like nothing aged her um and yeah but i was just like hey bruce willis i get it andy mcdowell that was me just wanted to say <laughs> i personally i'm not a fan i actually wrote the notes i made a bunch of notes for this uh that i don't like andy mcdowell here because for me she was like the straight person like she was the only straight person to me because the, all the other characters seem so crazy but i felt like they wanted madonna for this role i felt like madonna would have done better oh, interesting. compared mm -hmm. to andy i McDonald's. like that so, and yeah. th that would have been funny juxtaposition with the nun stuff for it to oh be madonna God, yes yeah i also looked up there was apparently a cut scene about so in the cut scene bruce willis had a pet monkey and that pet monkey was killed by Mario Brothers. Mm. And because, you know, I felt like, oh, there's missing some sort of humanization of Bruce Willis. And maybe if they put that in there, like, oh, I'm so sad. I loved somebody and he was killed. Maybe it would give more motivation. But no, again, they cut that but left the rape <laughs> joke in. So. Wow. I mean, decisions were made. It wasn't just spit out. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> what are the other thoughts that you had, Renata, that you really wanted to Yeah, share? I'm excited about those notes. Yeah. Uh, man, well, I actually, I mean, I don't know. Well, I really loved the musical component in that. Mm. I actually maybe would love more of the musical. I yet. agree. Yeah, because it, it seems like it's such a thing they establish when he knows the lengths of all these songs. But you really only get like one song <laughs> or like two songs maybe. I think it's just one song that they ever sing. And it felt like that could have been a whole thing. Like to me, when you set up that convention, there should be like eight moments in the movie where they're like, we have 34 seconds. Oh, this song. Then they sing mm -hmm. that song. And then another moment. Oh, we got three minutes. I got just the perfect song. Like that's kind of what it sets up, but never mm -hmm. gives you. Yeah. So I really, really loved that. And it was, it's just, again, um, well, we didn't even touch up on my favorite characters. I think, I don't know who's your favorite character, but uh, Richard E. Grant and Sarah Bernhardt as Oh, villains. my God. They're good. They mm -hmm. are the gems, I feel like. I I'd just, say so. I can't take my eyes off them. I feel like when I was a kid, I wanted to be Sarah Bernhardt. She yeah. just seemed so cool. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and an apologetic for just her acting, like, and who she is. Like, she's like, you could call it overacting, but you're like, yeah, totally. And I love it. Like, yeah, I agree. She's very watchable. This movie does the fun thing where it gives you a lot of characters and doesn't necessarily give you arcs for them, but gives you a funny, punctuated moment for every character. Yep. Yeah, you definitely want to want you want to like learn more about this character and that character and that character and that again is the problem. It's just too much happening, and you're like, 
Yeah, you're like, none of these people, most of these people aren't really important to the movie at the end of it, but they're there and they keep coming up, but they're funny, so they they earn it. Yeah. And Renata, what are your general feelings outside of this movie, since we already kind of talked about it, but Bruce Willis, like, because he was a big, big hit in Russia. I mean, he was big hit, mm-hmm. period. But I would say out of all actors all Hollywood actors. He was one of the favorite ones in Russia for like at least a decade, probably two. How did you feel about him back then? Um, what was it like to see his young face uh, in you know, a couple of months ago? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I was thinking, I was like, hmm, I wonder how did that movie shape me as a person? I'm like, I have a thing for tall, balding guys. Is that Bruce Willis? You <laughs> With know? high pants, high-waisted oh, pants. Man. Yeah, isn't it funny how he tucks in the shirt all the time? Tucks it's in the shirt. Hat. Tucks in the shirt. Mm-hmm. Man, he's just like the epitome of cool. There was like jazz mm. soundtrack. It's just oh, so hot and like effortlessly so, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, my my dad watched a lot of Jackie Chan, Bruce Willis, mm-hmm. Bruce Lee, um, Jean-Claude Van Damme. And I think for me, Arnold Schwarzenegger was probably the biggest star mm-hmm. uh, just because my dad idolized him. But I really loved He's the only person, Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee, Bruce Willis, the only person who can smirk in a way that it's not off-putting because smirk is like usually contempt, right? Mm-hmm. But the way he smiles, his eyes smile, and he's just like yeah. so warm, so cute. I know that technique is definitely like signature technique that he does. You're like, fuck, that's the definition of charisma, like right there on the screen. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, you can't uh, teach it even. No, you can't. You can try imitate it, but it starts somewhere like some kind of brain chemistry within first, and then it like it's on your face. Uh, yeah, I have similar feelings too. Like for for Bruce Willis, I he uh, he he his my my uncle who lives in America. He has a they're like same age. Well, my uncle is a little younger, and they have like the same like smirk. Like my I know it sounds very obnoxious and presumptuous, but my uncle has the same charisma. Where like effortless charisma, like the moment he smiles, people are like. He always has people around him because he has this like charisma, and I'm like, I hate that about you because it's so easy <laughs> for you to make friends. But um, I remember back in the day, people would compare my uncle, you know, in Russia, be like, "Oh, you're like Bruce Bruce Willis. You have that same thing." So I have almost like he does feel avuncular to me. Like he feels like a like a lovely, just like uncle that I love to love. Bruce Lee. Uh, Bruce Lee. Now I keep saying Bruce Lee. Bruce Willis. <laughs> Until I then I find out that he was mean to the director and then i don't know i don't know but who am i i wasn't there Uh, joe do you have special feelings for bruce willis or just regular feelings i think it's weird regular feelings because i think like he he was always on my radar but i think he really came on to my like regular watching and stuff later on in his career like in his uh, later years. So it was always fun to even like watch Die Hard as I was mm-hmm. a teen and stuff and be like, oh, yeah. oh sick. You know, this is great. Uh, so there was that. And I'm trying to think like he was he did the voice in Look Who's Talking mm. uh, and Look Who's Talking Now. It's a great movie where 
uh, sperm is voiced and a baby is voiced by uh, by Bruce Willis. So that's great. But I didn't know it was Bruce Willis, but that was one of my favorite movies. So he's always been there, but I was definitely more like, you know, Die Hard 4 and on is when I was really getting into him. Yeah, Die Hard is a legendary movie. What are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> what else is there on your list, Renata, before we go to the ratings? Um, what else is on my list? Um, well, yeah, it's just so much, so many gags, you know. I... Um... I just, I really admired the choreography of um, stunts, you know, it's, again, it's just such a spectacle. I feel like for me, why I love this movie, I feel like this is really a movie for creative people to expand. It's almost like, I guess, a test because it's so awe-inspiring, it's so wondrous. And if I feel like if you don't like it, you're probably close-minded. A little bit just because you're not ready to be like um admire how unusual it is how it's like a because like not like a Picasso, <laughs> obviously but yeah. it's like something so different and um even if it's not the greatest mood movie ever i don't think it's the greatest movie ever not even like a top hundred right but i feel like if you want to watch something that would change you potentially change you as a writer um as a creative person it's one of those movies you should watch just because it does again it's so uh, what do you call it breaking um i forgot the word not mindset breaking but um groundbreaking no, not groundbreaking. I don't know. There is like a psychology yeah. term that I forgot about it. You just mm. really. Well, if somebody knows psychology, it's you. So bring it back. Uh, yes. I forgot. It's just so expanding, you know, mm -hmm. and um, the the dumbness of it is definitely it's a dumb movie. So you, you know what I think is like that. I, I agree with you totally uh, emotionally and logically. But I don't think like what you just said applies to many other art forms as a source of value. And what I mean by that is like you could have a paint. There's plenty of paintings, let's say, that are crazy or dumb or it's so weird that was put on, you know, canvas or whatever. But the bar of entry to even do that is low. It's paint. What makes a great like a movie uh, in the vein of what you're talking about makes it great is it is so rare to have something at this high of budget and production value <laughs> with that weirdness. And I think anytime you get a movie that has that combination where you say they put so much money in this, there are other like creators or movie makers and stuff who make mm -hmm. movies that are just as weird or weirder than this but they can't be set in uh, all over the globe with big action scenes and stuff. So I think it's that thing that's so great about movies that when you can get somebody that put $20 million into a super silly idea, it is kind of breathtaking and awe-inspiring. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's like five 
five students of UCB sketch writing 101 decided to write a sketch together mm-hmm. and that kind of came out. And and they got uh, $20 million to <laughs> make got, that yeah. sketch. <laughs> like that's what's crazy about that, yeah, that's about it. We have to celebrate those wins because we all hope that when we're given a shot of that magnitude monetarily mm-hmm. and resource wise that they will allow us to be as weird as we are. Beautifully put. Joe, I think it's time we go to the ratings and we can express more of our feelings and thoughts in that section. How do the ratings work? The ratings work as such. We're going to rate Hudson Hawk against something else uh, using that. Or we're going to, sorry, we're going to rate Hudson Hawk on a scale. I went in way too confident and messed it up. We're going to rate Hudson Hawk. I was on on board the whole time. The energy was there. The facts weren't. We're going to rate Hudson Hawk on a scale of zero to 10 using something else as the basis of our comparison. So that something else could be another movie. You could say, hey, Star Wars is 10 out of 10. It's the best movie. This is a 7 out of 10 because it's almost as good. Or you could even say, hey, hanging out with Bruce Willis would be Mm. an 8 out of 10. But watching this movie is 10 out of 10 because it's weirder than he is. And if that doesn't make sense, Sasha and I will go first. Why don't you go first this time, Joe? Yeah, talking about expensive movie adventure action movies that go balls out and you're happy they exist uh probably my number one that comes to mind is mcgruber oh my favorite movie i mean a movie based off a saturday a very thin saturday night live sketch premise that does what that movie does uh that's a movie you could show anyone they'll laugh i think we'll probably still be talking about mcgruber in 20 years time on podcasts like this right it'll be like oh remember will forte yeah this is the will forte Mm. era so that's a 10 out of 10 movie absolutely uh now hudson hawk i had a blast with this it was even sillier than i ever could have thought it would be from you know references and podcasts and stuff like i was talking about earlier um i really enjoyed it it didn't kill me in the same way uh but I do think it's really fun. I would I wouldn't not want to watch it again if a bunch of friends were like, "Let's watch Hudson Hawk." It is funny enough <laughs> or fun enough, I should say, that you're like, "Yeah, this this is a good movie to watch with a bunch of people who have never seen it." Mm. You know, cuz it's it's got enough moments that are weird. This will be a good time to watch them and watch the movie. So I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. Great. I'm feeling a lot of peer pressure here, and I enjoyed this conversation tremendously. <laughs> and I have uh, won nothing more but to have Renato <laughs> keep bringing us uh, things that I would never watch otherwise. But one has to be honest on her own podcast. So I'm going to compare this movie, uh, Hudson Hawk, against Monty Python since it came up. Life of Brian from 1979. Um, one of the funniest kind of silly movies uh i feel like of all time i even have a uh like a transcript for life of brian and i remember studying it and being like how do they do the jokes and how does it how does the silly work here they absurd uh but what a tight movie uh monty python's life of brian i'd say is a strong nine i just don't know what would be a 10 in that genre but uh, it was a struggle for me to get through Hudson Hawk. I really enjoy Bruce Willis. I found myself getting lost in his expressions, struggle. studying him, 
just thinking about things that had nothing to do with the movie being like how's he doing what is he up to i hope he's okay how's his family look how young he is um it, did he really uh fall for andy mcdowell I, I like i started thinking about all the things that had nothing to do with the movie mm -hmm. and as much as i enjoyed this conversation and i'm happy to have seen the movie i doubt i can give it more than four out of ten <laughs> Wow. Um, yeah, but um, again, Bruce, another Bruce Willis movie in the bag. So for that, you'd rather cool. be swinging on a star than watching this. Movie. Swinging on a star. But most importantly, who cares what I think? Renata, what about you? I mean, I love this movie. <laughs> um, we love that you love it. I don't know. Um, Take your favorite thing in the whole world and put it on the scale and see where that movie falls next to it. That's one way to do it. Well, I really love the characters. It's just the, the villains. If we're talking about the most fun villains, this is a 10 out of 10 for me mm. in terms of the most fun villains in any movie or cartoon. Um, so, yeah. That's All right. <laughs> All right, great. So we... <laughs> Uh, we love when our scale changes the up. The yeah, the scale is different, but I think we get, we get I, the same. You thing. know what? I want to do a sidebar. I I do agree that Richard E. Grant and uh, his counterpart are fantastic in this movie. Absolutely, so fantastic. Yep, great. Uh, well, that was Hudson Hawk. Renata, what's going on with you? Anything people should know about? Any shows coming up? Any sketch teams you're on? Any? Uh, Instagram. stars you're swinging on yeah uh, uh well you can google my name and uh my newsletter should pop up my website my youtube please follow me there sign up to my newsletter um and i will list the shows out that are coming up on my website so renataschaik.com fantastic and i'm very curious. I like this whole shorting of your last name. I don't know. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I like it. Sounds cool. Uh, and we'll post all the uh, links to your aforementioned websites on the description of the episode. Joe, what's going on with you these days? Yo, go to joecabello.com. That's where you'll find my socials and my YouTube. I have a new Robot Guy team team coming out in December. So you'll either... Imagine listen it's already out by the time this comes out or it will be coming out soon and that's my animated series about mech pilots this episode's going to be killer amazing and follow us on at follow us on x and instagram and facebook i think we're on facebook <laughs> it is x yeah yeah I'm we are on facebook learning. we don't post because my account got deleted oh that's right so don't <laughs> even bother just go on x go on ig and we are at Shut Up, I Love It 1, because Shut Up, I Love It was taken already here. <laughs> That's what happened. I wasn't the one setting up those accounts. Well, thank you, Renata, for coming out. Shut Up, I Love It. Thank you, Joe. That was thank awesome. Thank you, Bruce, Bruce Willis out there. Mm. We, we're thinking of you. Thank you, Elizabeth Salute, for the artwork. Thank you, Mr. Owl, for this awesome track. And thank you for listening. Would you like to swing on a star? Carry moonbeams home in a jar. I forget how the song goes. Shut up, I love you.